welcome back to another episode of the Caught Red Podcast. I am Megan Light. And I'm Jesse Light. And we are just two dog lovers here to talk some true crime, horror movies, eventually. And of course our dogs as well. Thank you everyone that tunes in every week to listen to us ramble on about our mishaps and dog adventures. And of course the true crime is what you're here for. So thank you very much for being loyal and shout out to Miss Mary Jane. I was going to say that too. Shout out. Yes. She's trying to get that number one spot for the number one fan again. (laughs) She was like, hold my beer. I got this. That was very sweet and very unexpected. We got us a frisbee for the doggos. Which Megan won't be throwing because... I suck. Then we got playing cards, which has a different kind of dog for each card, which was cool. So 52. Different breeds. And the Joker cards. Oh, yeah. So 54. There was no Australian Shepherd on there. That was very strange. I thought strange. that was so strange. You almost lost your number one spot, <laughs> Mary Jane. Out of 54 dog breeds, they didn't put an Australian Shepherd in there. Yeah. Disrespectful. Haters. We're going to have to go see Insidious 5 very soon. And then... Sounds of Freedom. Yes. I was really surprised that it's going to be in our movie theater here. I'm excited Honestly. to see that one. I've heard good things hopefully all of us that go and see it aren't murdered afterwards yeah like hollywood isn't they're not big in showing that it or talking about it mm-hmm. media's not talking about it but like dana white's talking about it well naturally well that's it that i can think of there are a bunch of other good horror movies coming out this year i sent you a big list of them like the second nun movie as well. I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head. I what? woke up what yesterday morning, went outside and saw that our neighbor's pond oh, yeah. was just I was like, what is that floating on the top? And I took a, sc- a Snapchat of it and sent it to Megan. She was like, I don't know, go explore and see. So I walked over there and all of his fish were dead. That's and because the decomposing bodies have that he's got your they poison the water. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what in the world? But I guess it's pond turnover. I don't know. I don't know. I asked around. I Googled it. But, yeah, he wasn't there. I knocked on the door. I was trying to, like, because that's his pride and joy, that pond. Literally. He'll ride his canoe in the middle of it. And that's Do you what see he, the canoe out back? I think that's what he did last night to get all the fish out of there. Because there, after, like, three or four hours, there were vultures out there just picking them. And it smelled when I got home last night. Horribly. Stank. That was wild. You ready to get your story going? Let's do it. Well, Jesse, take us away this week. All right. So my sources for this one, we've got investigationdiscovery.com, which was... Oh. Oh, do you know what that is? Or what? ID Network. Oh, I guess. It was an article called The Girl in the Barrel by Katherine Townsend. Oh, okay. And of course, you know who that is. I think everybody out there knows who that is. Yeah, Helen Gone. Mm-hmm. And then I got KAIT8.com, and I pretty much read every article written by them about this case. They just followed it along, okay, all the trials and, and any 
kind of new information that was coming out, they were posting about that. So then I got the the disturbing story of Felicia Elliott by Emily Blackwood, katv.com, arkansasonline.com, which that's the one that always like asks for money. Like it won't oh, show yeah. you, but some of their articles you can actually see. Yeah, it, they'll give you like four sentences. They're like, would you like to continue your preview? Oh, it drives give me us crazy. Money. It would honestly be worth it maybe for how many times we That's do true. Arkansas cases, but shit. And then I got Arkansas case law, so. All righty. And this is quite honestly, it could be the most disturbing case I've done so far. Is that your, your warning yeah, for everyone, a heads up? Pretty much. All right, Mama. I'm sure you guys can handle it. Y'all are tough, but it's still pretty awful and gruesome. So if you got to cut it short, we understand. It is what nightmares are made of. I mean, some of these people are just so evil. Out in the world or in your story? Out in the world and definitely in this story. And we've covered a couple cases in the past where... We have a person who has done something stupid or costly and it has come back very badly on their family who had nothing to do with it. Like Lisa Renee? Yeah, like Lisa Renee. And then I did the one recently about Nicholas Markowitz. Oh, yes, which yes. His, his brother owed money to a drug dealer and they ended up holding Nicholas ransom before eventually killing him. And he had nothing to do with it. He was just a little 15-year-old kid, innocent. Yeah, and Lisa Renee was just doing homework, studying for a test at home when drug dealers busted in and kidnapped her because her brothers owed money and stole from them. Yeah. So the case I have for you today is kind of along those lines. You get mixed up with bad people and bad things are bound to happen. True. And your whole family could take the fall for it. This story takes place in Arkansas, specifically in Randolph County. Megan did another case from this area. I believe it was Pocahontas. Pocahontas. You may remember it. It was called a methastic tale. And <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, I could almost make this a methastic tale 2.0, but the horrific deaths just outweigh the Everything. meth use. Oof. In this one, by a long shot. Are there any snakes in a box? No snakes in a box on this I one. Hi, Tim. <laughs> in Randolph County, there's a little town called Dalton, Arkansas. And like a lot of the cases we've done in Arkansas, it's a rural town. It's a r- rural. Why can't I say rural? Rural, rural. It's a rural town where everyone knows everyone. This story centers in on a home on Township Road. 30-year-old Carl and 26-year-old Lisa Elliott lived here with their two children, Gregory and Felicia. Lisa's father and stepmother also lived on their property in a mobile home behind their house. They were old and had some mental problems. I believe they suffered from dementia and they were losing their hearing as well. Mm. It was a stormy night, July 30th. 1998, around 1.15 a.m., Randolph County Deputy Sheriff Randy Barber responded to a domestic disturbance call from a neighbor about some hollering going on at the home of the Elliots. It was raining pretty hard that night, and when Barber approached the house, he didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. It was quiet, definitely no hollering going on, 
So he just left without conducting a welfare check. Later that morning, after the sun came up, Lisa's stepmother, Virginia Miller, tried to open her front door to their mobile home, Mm -hmm. but there seemed to be something heavy blocking it. Thinking that was strange, she went to the back door, went around the house, and up on the front porch to see what was blocking it. And what she saw made her scream in horror. It was her stepdaughter, Lisa's lifeless body. Oh. Her throat had been slashed, and there was a bloody handprint on the front door. Virginia hurried to find her husband, and they called the police. So I'm thinking she must have, like, crawled I was wondering that, and then just finally... And either maybe the storm was just so loud that they couldn't hear her, or them being close to being deaf, I don't... I don't know if they would have even heard it anyways. Randolph County Sheriff Rob Sammons arrived at the Elliott residence, and what he found in the Elliott home was even worse than what Virginia had come across on her front porch. At first, he didn't see anyone. He knocked on the front door, which was already open about six inches. With his pistol drawn, he entered the house. It was very quiet, but he could hear the television playing in the living room. When he walked inside, the first thing he saw in the living room was the body of their six-year-old son, Gregory. Oh, no. He searched the rest of the house to see if there were any other survivors, but found no one. What he did find was blood all over the place. In the dining room, on a kid's toy telephone, on a desk, there was a pool of blood on the kitchen linoleum. So the husband, Carl, and their seven-year-old daughter, Felicia, were nowhere to be found. So right away, Carl was the primary suspect at the start since he was missing from the scene, and everyone knows it's always the husband, right? Yep. Well, according to reports from the state medical examiner at the time, Lisa Elliott had taken 27 blows to the head. (gasps) 27 blows. The weapon of choice was presumed to be a tire iron, which was left behind at the Elliot's home. But those blows to the head were not what killed Lisa, surprisingly. Whoever did this shoved the tire iron into Lisa's throat, which pierced her carotid artery and cut off her air supply. What? How violent is that? That is just sick. That's like when we watched Sorty Row. And the guy shoved the thing down Oh, yeah, he used a tire arm for that, too, didn't mm-hmm. he? So this that also... horrible. Right? This also caused massive bleeding into her lungs, causing her to basically drown in her own blood. And there was also a three-inch deep cut to her throat as well that severed her windpipe and her jugular vein. That is over... Kill. Overkill. Over, 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 over. Gregory was held down, and the pointed end of the tire iron was shoved into his throat multiple <gasps> times as well. He had several knife wounds and had received nine blows to the face, head, and chest area from that tire iron. And he said he was six? He was only six years old. Ugh. He also received a blow to the head, which sh- which shattered his skull. So, yeah, just Overkill, especially for just a little six-year-old kid. For a baby. I mean, damn, bro. Whoever did this was a monster. I mean, who in their right mind would do something so horrible? No one in their right mind. Nobody. Not even if, like, 
I was just thinking like how gruesome like when I watched Law Abiding Citizen and he had to watch his family get killed in front of him mm-hmm. and then he paid yeah. the guy back <laughs> in yeah. a very torturous way. But like I can't even imagine how this is so bad. So on August 1st, police discovered that their primary suspect, Carl Elliott, was not, in fact, the killer. So this was two days later. They found Carl Elliott dead in the 11 Point River, which runs like pretty much this is really close to their home. Carl had two gunshot wounds to the head. One of the shots was behind the right ear with the barrel of a 22 caliber rifle pressed against the skin. The other was shot under the left eye from a distance. So someone shot him and then finished it off a second at time straight to the head. He had a knife wound to the neck as well. So obviously his death was ruled a homicide. So far we have three weapons then. A gun, a tire iron, and a knife. Correct. Whew. So you would think there'd be multiple suspects involved. Something. You would think. I don't know if one guy would be carrying all three weapons, but... This is not like a video game when you go into your like your menu box and select a new weapon. True. So after finding Carl, the community feared the worst for Felicia. Who could have her? Was she dead? Could she have somehow escaped and was hiding somewhere? They could, they could only hope. How old was she again? She was only seven. Oh, so like, she's just a year older. She was about to turn eight. But okay. It wasn't looking good. Not long after Carl's body was found, two men became suspects in the murders. You got 27-year-old Chad Green, who was a known pedophile, and his brother, 26-year-old Jason Green. But why? Why were they suspects? Well, they were known around town as drug dealers, and everyone knew that Carl Elliott was good friends with Chad and had been involved in a number of drug deals with him. So, you know, these deaths didn't seem like murders that would be committed by random strangers. They seemed like there would have to be some kind of revenge behind it to be that, like, aggressive, for yes. lack of a better word, I guess. I still feel like that that's even more gruesome over something that could be drug-related, too. Seriously. Like, over the top, you know? Yeah, So these homicides would end up going unsolved for a couple years. Just because they didn't have anything. Yeah. Investigators couldn't really pin anything on the Greens at first. They were questioned a number of times, but there was just not enough proof or definitive evidence to charge them with the murders. Okay. Then on September 7th, 2000, which was two years later, Mm -hmm. The bones of Felicia Elliott were discovered scattered around in a mud creek in Warm Springs, Arkansas, by a hunter. So Warm Springs was about 15 miles from where they lived in Dalton, Arkansas. Okay. Her remains were consistent with someone who had been dead for two years. There was no way to determine the cause of death, obviously, because there was so much decomposition after two years. Mm Mm-hmm. What was suspicious about where her remains were found was that Billy Green lived about a quarter mile away, and he was the father of Chad and Jason. 
So 47-year-old Billy Green was known around town as being a drug dealer as well. Oh, they have a family business they going. They do, yeah. Him and Chad were in this family business together. And I also read that Billy Green cooked meth. So that they were not good people. He had a history the, with crimes as well. So, I mean. The only thing I can think about, and it makes me sick, is they took that little girl and did horrible things to her probably or else why would they have taken her to begin with yeah that's what everybody well that's what the police were thinking might have happened they were mm-hmm. hoping that wasn't the case there were rumors going around that carl elliott had stole some marijuana plants from the greens which pissed billy green off and that was their motive behind killing him and his family Another rumor was that two months before the murders, Lisa Elliott had reached out to an acquaintance because the Elliots owed $10,000 to the Greens, and she was scared for their lives. She asked this acquaintance for a loan. So... I I mean, I get they have to have theories, but like that first one, instead of killing him for taking your plants just beat the shit out of him or something yeah don't you know what kill I mean? the whole family yeah each marijuana plant if they're a healthy marijuana plant was valued at about a thousand dollars and i saw where he might have stole 10 of them so ten thousand dollars worth but i mean come on ten thousand dollars and you're gonna get potential murder charges and the death penalty and all that no crazy just beat the shit out of him tell him don't do it again be a good little boy well even then it's it's on carl elliott too for putting his family in that situation oh yeah true he's not don't be a dumbass yeah i mean damn it eugene still his fault yeah this is stupid on july 7th 2003 billy green and his sons chad and jason were arrested on unrelated charges Pocahontas police officer Tim Whitaker saw a black vehicle and a blue vehicle chasing a white vehicle, all driving recklessly and speeding. So Whitaker was in pursuit when the blue car rear-ended the black car. The blue one left the scene, but the black one, like, stopped and then started to leave and then stopped again, and Whitaker saw that the driver tossed out something from the car. Well... He pulled him over, and the driver was identified as Billy Green, and Whitaker found two containers about a few feet away from the car, which contained methamphetamine. Green was arrested at the scene, and I'm not sure if Chad and Jason were in the car with them, but I did find that all three of them were in jail that night. So that was a big step, getting them all in custody, because they hadn't been able to get them for the Elliott murders yet. Right. They were just like the main suspects. I believe Billy Green got a pretty lengthy sentence for the drugs, too. It wasn't until July 29th, 2003, so a couple weeks later, when a confidential informant came forward and gave a statement to the police. And that confidential informant was Mary Green, which was Billy Green's wife. Oh, my gosh. And I think that... All that time, she was probably just scared to death to come forward to say anything about him. Well, yeah, if your husband's about to start tweaking out, yeah. get out of the way. Right, because 
she had talked about how she was physically abused by him, mentally abused by him, and how her kids were abused by him as well. And now look at them. Yeah, so... But, I mean, once he was in custody, she moved her family away to Wisconsin. And she wanted nothing to do with them. Never visited him in prison. And I don't blame her. No. She said that her husband and sons and Carl Elliott were all pretty tight. Carl came to her house quite often to do business with Billy. And they smoked meth together. I like so, how you did air quotes when you said business. Yeah, business. She said that on the evening of July 29th, 1998, Billy Green got a phone call from his son Chad, left the house, and was gone for several hours before returning. She told the police that about two years after the murders, Billy finally told her what happened that fateful night. Billy had met Chad to help him clean up the Elliott murders. On more than one occasion, though, Billy had told her that Chad had committed the murders. But then on more than one occasion, Chad had told her that Billy committed the murders. So... He said, he said. Yeah, pretty pretty much. That could have been bad. Jesse's trying to knock over his Alani over there. Spill it all over the important stuff. What a waste. So I guess they kept it a secret from Mary for two years. I don't know what finally got them to start speaking up about it but if it was two years after maybe it was right around when felicia's remains were found and and maybe mary started asking questions why is there a body on our land yeah she was probably like what the hell happened that night very suspicious i would think because they never really talked to her about when carl elliott died and they're friends with them you know Mm -hmm. you would think that they would be like Mourning his loss or something, you know? Plausible deniability. Yeah. Billy was questioned about the murders, but wouldn't budge. He wasn't talking, just denying any involvement in the murders. Billy had a track record, although he claimed that he was being set up and that the police were corrupt and out to get him. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was like... I don't do drugs, I don't deal drugs, I don't sell drugs, I don't mess with drugs. Well, you know what? In about 10 years, when there's some corruption in the police department and the judge with the Pocahontas and everything, then maybe he could have used that, but this was prior. Yeah. Well, I read that the police kind of stayed out of the business of all the residents around that area, so... Oh, drugs turned a, turned a blind eye. <laughs> yeah, so drugs were... It was kind of a hot spot for drugs, so it makes sense being the meth-tastic tales took place there, too, mm-hmm. so... But, yeah, he was like, I had one marijuana charge, and I'm innocent of that, too. And he was like, Randolph County has just been prejudiced against me for years. Sure. In reality, though, he had faced charges for possession of a controlled substance marijuana and being a felon in possession of a firearm back in 1995 and was found guilty of that and ended up serving six months for that so and then his own daughter sought a order of protection against him in October of 2001 and then his wife Mary did the same citing verbal and physical abuse so apparently one particular night he held a gun up to her head and said say your prayers you're gone to his wife? To his wife. Yeah. Oh my God, please don't do that to me. 
And then, of course, for that most recent arrest, he entered a guilty plea to one count of possession of meth with the intent to deliver and two counts of drug paraphernalia. He was sentenced to life for the possession with intent to deliver meth. And, Whoa. Right? I had to look that up, and I was like, life? I was like, dang. It's fine with me. Yeah. And then 36 months on each count of possession of drug paraphernalia. So he was already serving life before this whole murder charge was okay. about to go down. So Now, Chad Green, on the other hand, was offered a plea deal if he would testify against his father, and he was much more willing to cooperate. He gave a statement to the police implicating his father in the murders, and Chad made it sound like a lot of what he did with his dad, his dad forced him to do. Of course he's going to say that he yeah. wants the deal. Like doing drugs and stealing shit from people. For testifying at his father's trial, Chad would receive a plea deal where he would be sentenced to 20 years for the murders to run consecutively with 20 years for the kidnapping of Felicia. Chad said that on the night of July 29, 1998, Carl Elliott came over to his house Chad called his father, Billy, which is what Billy had previously told him to do if Carl ever came by because Carl had stole from them and he was going to pay for it. By the time Billy got to Chad's house, Carl had already left. So Billy and Chad just kind of hung out for a bit, smoked meth, and Billy even drank the remainder of the meth. What? He dumped it into his coffee and just downed it. Well, I've never tried that kind of creamer. <laughs> yeah, what a party animal. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I can't even fathom. It's meth-tastic. And before they left, Billy told Chad to grab his twenty-two rifle, and they went for a ride to Dalton, Arkansas. Now remember, they lived in Warm Springs, which is about a 20-minute drive. Billy had a plan. He told Chad to walk up to the Elliott home while he waited down by the river with the truck. Chad would go tell Carl that he was having car troubles and have Carl drive his car down by the river. When they got to where Billy was waiting with their truck, Billy started beating Carl and asking him, where's my shit? Billy then shot Carl, and as Chad was turning away, he heard another shot. So that explains the two shots. They then took the Elliot car back up to the Elliot's house. Billy told Chad that the family knew Carl was with them, so they had to clean up all the loose ends, mm. which meant killing the family too. When they got to the Elliot house, Billy went in and told Chad to stay in the car. This is what Chad said. Right, yeah. Chad heard yelling, got out of the car, and went inside to see Billy beating on Lisa with a bar, presumably the tire iron. Billy told Chad to get back in the car. This doesn't concern him. And when he turned around to head back to the car, he saw blood and noticed the little boy's body lying on the floor. Then Billy came out of the house with Felicia wrapped up in a blanket and put her in the trunk of the Elliot's car. Chad could see just the legs and was and saw that she was moving around 
and Billy told Chad to drive back to the river where his truck was, and Billy taped Felicia's legs, mouth, and hands before putting, before putting her in the bed of his truck. They drove to Chad's house where Billy put Felicia in the shed in a barrel, mm-hmm. like a trash barrel, with the gun and his coat, and that's where they left her. Now, keep in mind, this was in the middle of the summer, so temperatures in Arkansas were we're probably like upper 90s during yeah, cause the day. Yeah, because it's about that at... Right mm-hmm. now, yeah. And then at nighttime, it really doesn't even get that cool. It's still in the high 80s, yeah, so... Yes, so I'm sure she was... Suffocating in that mm-hmm. heat. Especially tied up, wrapped up in a blanket, and then shoved in a barrel, and then put in a shed. Mm-hmm. That is just... So sad. The next day, Billy bought diesel fuel so him and Chad could burn the gun and their clothes from the previous night, I guess, to get rid of the evidence, which I thought was like... Why are you going to burn the gun? They left the tire iron at the house, but they're getting rid of all the other evidence. Like, why didn't they take the tire iron with them? Well, when know. you're high, you don't think like True. a logical when you, person. When you're chug- sure- chugging meth, I guess. And they had to have been out of their minds to do all of that carnage. Yeah, they they took Felicia out of the shed and drove toward the Green family home. Billy had told Chad that the fun had to come to an end at some point. Billy took Felicia into the woods and returned to the truck without her. Billy told Chad to burn the blanket and the tape. So the police were pretty sure that both Chad and Billy had raped Felicia while they were holding her captive in that garage for two days. I was going to ask you if he admits to anything like that. No, so he never... So we all just have the same speculation because they're pieces of shit. because Chad is a known pedophile, Mm. and that apple didn't fall far from the tree. Billy was obviously a piece of shit as well. Felicia definitely got the worst of it. Yes, the whole family was violently murdered, but she went through absolute hell. Hmm, poor girl. She was so young and innocent and didn't deserve any of that. On August 3rd, 2003, Billy was charged with four counts of capital murder for the Elliott murders and one count of kidnapping. And that was, I mean, just over five years to the day of the murders. The other brother, Jason Green, was held on two counts of hindering apprehension. He was held on a $250,000 bond, but then was just, he was later released. I don't think he was involved no. at all. Well, they never brought his name up. Yeah. In 2004, the trial began. Just a little breakdown of the testimonies. First off, Billy Green opted against testifying on his own behalf, but all three of his sons. His daughter and his wife testified against him. You had Mary Green come forward and share that she had been threatened by her husband. She had been scared to death to speak to investigators for so long because she felt like someone who knew Billy might see her. You got Lisa's acquaintance, Dwayne Cromie, testified that 
Two months before the murders, Lisa came to him asking to borrow $10,000 for a bad debt owed to Billy Green. Mm -hmm. He said the reason he didn't come forward with this information sooner was because he was scared for his family's safety as well. Well, yeah, if somebody you knew just lost everything and themselves. I don't blame him. Then you got Chad Green's former girlfriend from 1998, Bonnie Hensley. She testified that she picked up Chad the day after the murders and he was covered in blood. Billy Green's former boss, James Thompson of Thompson Construction, said that Billy showed up to work at 6 a.m. the day after the murders acting completely normal. Like, did he not even sleep that night? Just... Killed a whole family, then went to work the next day. And When you put meth in your coffee, you can probably go for well, days. I guess if you're always high on meth, you look normal all the time. I don't yeah. know. A guy named Willie Moffat testified that while he was in Craighead County Jail with Billy Green, Billy Green confessed to the murders and told him that they shouldn't have done it. He and Billy talked about the vehicle and that they cleaned it up so good that the police wouldn't be able to get anything out of it and Billy told him about the gun they used and that the police would never find it because they were looking in the wrong spot Oh. and Billy told him about the little girl while they were bumped together and that her bones were scattered out over an area Moffat knew about Billy and Chad burning their clothes afterwards because of DNA and he knew that they had killed the family over drugs he recalled Billy saying to him, if you don't pay the dope man, your ass is took down. Sheriff Rob Sammons testified that there were no shell casings where Carl Elliott had supposedly been shot, so I guess they cleaned up that after they killed him. They're really thorough with their cleaning and disposal for being as tweaked out there as they were. Yeah, well, apparently Billy was a smart criminal. Chad was more of the dumbass but sounds like they're both dumbasses. Dumb, yeah. Officer Randy Barber testified that he responded to the domestic disturbance call and, and left when no one came to the door. So he probably got his ass chewed. Probably, yeah. I was going to say later how he kind of dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. He also stated that the value of a single marijuana plant would be about $1,000, which set up the... Prosecutions claim that the motive for the murders was because Carl Elliott stole marijuana plants from Billy Green and couldn't pay him back. Dr. Frank Peretti, associate state medical examiner, shared the awful injuries sustained by all the victims. And seeing some of those photos made some of the jury members tear up. And then, of course, you had Chad Green tell his side of the story. Both Billy and Chad were convicted in 2004. Billy Green received the death penalty for his involvement in the murders and kidnapping. Chad Green, like I said earlier, accepted that plea deal and testified against his father, and he received 40 years. However, this wasn't the end of it. What? In 2006... The Arkansas Supreme Court overturned Billy's sentence after ruling that improper testimony had been allowed. By who? Well. What? Yeah, the jurors shouldn't have been told about Billy's reputation, basically. I'm pretty sure they could have figured that out themselves. True. 
there would be a retrial for Billy, basically. And Chad, however, refused to testify against him again. Interesting. But in his original agreement, though, he had to cooperate fully, and so he failed to do so. So as a result, the court ruled that by refusing to cooperate mm-hmm. and testify against Billy Green, Chad's plea deal was void. Wow. So he was about to get a much worse sentence because of that. So sucks to suck. Now, I feel bad for all the family of the victims that had to go through this whole retrial again. The Supreme Court should have been like, oh, he murdered people? Oh, no, we'll just let it be. He doesn't get a chance at a retrial. Yeah, so the testimonies that they were talking about were mainly from some of the Green family. So his son Joshua Green had testified that his dad had always been on the outside of the law and had physically abused him since he was a child. And then his daughter Amber Green said that her dad was abusive to her brother and her mother. And then Chad Green said it was a common thing for them to like smoke meth and do other things. So the control he had over his family and the testimonies mm-hmm. saying that he was abusive and showing that he was a bad person weren't really relevant to whether or not he committed the crimes of capital murder I think and the that's kidnapping. very relevant. He's a violent man. I do too, but they thought otherwise, I guess. So guess they were bored that day. Yeah. So it was a retrial. And during the retrial, Chad Green was called to the stand, but he took the Fifth Amendment, refusing to answer any questions. They had another prisoner testify during the retrial. Now, Philip Shockey had served time with Billy Green in the Arkansas Department of Corrections in 2008. And as you know, inmates often like to run their mouths in prison. Of course. What's the old saying? Loose lips sink ships. Is that? You've never heard of that? No. I don't know any loose lips sinking ships, I guess. Shockey testified that Billy told him that he submerged Felicia in a creek near his Warm Springs home and then cut her throat. He said that Green killed the family because Chad had sexually assaulted Felicia on several different occasions and Lisa found out about it. Whoa, that's a twist right there. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe I'm sure that's part of it. It would have to be, right? I mean, Chad probably just kept that out of his story. Why would he say that about himself? Yeah, why say anything bad about yourself that'll get you in trouble? Yeah, so I wonder if, if, like, Carl confronted them about it and threatened to tell the police... Or maybe Lisa threatened to tell the police and they weren't having that and they just killed them all. I mean, if they threatened to tell the police, that's not going to go over well. Well, no. You know. But then I wonder if Carl was also like, hey, I know this is shitty what's going on with our daughter, but you can't go to the police because we still owe them $10,000. So... You know, the two of those things combined, you got one thing against Billy, you got one thing against his son, and it's like, you've... Either way, I'm just hoping for inmate justice. Like Larry Nasser. Yeah. Today? Yes. 
side note, Larry Nasser got stabbed multiple times in the Florida prison. And if you don't know who that is, where you been? Karma's a bitch. Yep. So Philip Shockey said that Chad Green lured Carl Elliott to the 11 Point River near his Dalton home during a storm and shot him. Chad then went to the Elliott house and killed the boy. Then Chad stabbed the mom with a knife and took the girl. So Billy's story told to Shockey was that Chad was the killer. Mm-hmm. Chad's story to the police was that Billy was the killer. Of course. The defense attorneys asked Shockey in cross-examination if he was receiving anything in exchange for his testimony. And he said that they made it plain and simple from the start that there was a very good chance he wouldn't get anything. He had a daughter who was eight years old the last time he saw her, so he felt some type of way toward the Greens after hearing what he did. It just made him sick to his stomach, especially the way he was bragging about it. Ooh, I bet. So, I mean, there's certain crimes that get treated a certain way in prison, and that's one of them. Sexually assaulting and killing kids is is one of those. Prosecutors said it was impossible to tell which of the two between Chad and Billy killed the four family members, but that multiple weapons were used, so it led them to believe that more than one person was definitely involved. Yes, yes, yes. Chad Green gambled by not upholding his end of the plea agreement, and thankfully he lost. He would end up being sentenced instead to four life terms in prison, 40 for kidnapping, and another 56 years for raping two young girls in an unrelated case. Oh. Billy was sentenced to serve four consecutive life sentences for the murders and 40 years for the kidnapping, so... He didn't get the death sentence, but... He's going to die in prison. Yes. So that is his death sentence Yeah, for both of them. Yeah, so a few things that just kind of irked me about this case. Proceed. One was Officer Barber not actually performing the welfare check that night. I understand we're all human. We make mistakes. And I don't, I don't know what difference it could have made. Maybe he could have died at the same time if he interrupted it. I think it was already... It had already happened, yeah. I assume the three murders had already happened, but you have to wonder if if there was a chance to save Felicia somehow if they knew that she was taken sooner. Oh, that's a good point. I was just thinking about... after you, Even after you described how Lisa was brutally attacked yeah she still made her way to her stepmom's little Mm -hmm. mobile home i don't think the officer could have saved her life she was probably going to end up dying but the fact that she still had that strength to almost try to get to help yeah you know he could at least try to been like oh my gosh and called right then and there and you know i didn't even think how strong she was to have even made it over there to the mobile home after taking that kind of a beating. Beating, and then you said throat slash, and she had something, had the tire iron down her throat? Yeah. Um, whew, what? That's, that's mom strength right there. And then it was frustrating that nobody came forward for the two years. I know that the Greens probably made it, they probably made threats to people that if they told they'd be next, but someone needed to grow a pair and do the right thing. 
And I'm glad Mary Green finally said something there. Yeah, she, she probably could have stepped up sooner and be like, listen, if I tell you this, I want protection today. That's probably why they sent them. I wonder if they sent them to Wisconsin, but like, was it called witness protection? But mm-hmm. Or she just up and left. I'm not sure. Now, what I think actually happened was what the inmate testified to happen and probably because of bragging rights you think you think billy's was more truthful or more accurate yeah i think chad wasn't gonna tell on himself about sexually assaulting the girl so i think i think he sexually assaulted felicia and carl and lisa probably found out about it and i also kind of wonder if but then i don't know if they still stole the plants or not Uh, yeah because that could just be a rumor it could be but the one guy did testify saying that they owed ten thousand dollars to true i was just gonna say and and this is just a disgusting thought in general but did carl offer his daughter god i hope not you know what i'm going going that direction yeah because obviously like to pay up for the ten thousand dollars. Not like, to pay up, but just like, you know, hey buddy, can I get a hit of that? You know, Felicia's gonna be eight coming up. Oh you know, something gross like that. But if he hung around with pieces of shit like that, he he was probably a piece of shit too. I just hope that it wasn't like every time they had like a family barbecue, Chad's escorting her off or some shit because no one cares because they're all high. Yeah. Like no yeah, one's watching the you kids. You hate to see that. That's really sad. But yeah, if they're hanging around all the time. Mm. I'm sure it happened more often than not. And I hope nothing ever happened to the little boy. Because that'd be even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if Lisa was into drugs. Because why would you stick around... And put your kids in danger if you knew your husband was doing shit like that. Yeah, I saw where Carl held a job as a carpenter and as a mechanic. I'm not really sure what Lisa did, if she was a stay-at-home mom or or what. They didn't deserve that, though. No. But either way, the, the Greens are getting what they deserve... It's very unfortunate what happened to the Elliott family. But I wanted to share this story with y'all because I didn't see this case anywhere, really, except for Catherine Townsend telling it on that story. But I don't think there was any podcasts about it. So just a small-town Arkansas case that didn't really get much light. So... Well, good job. Yeah, that is the case of the Elliott family. That wraps up another episode here on the Cot Red Podcast. If you like us, share us. Leave us a review wherever you listen to help us get more dog lovers and cat lovers to discover us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just don't forget to spell podcast with P-A-W-D. Send us any recommendations if you have any. We will be back next week with some more true crime. But until then, 
Stay local. Shop local. Murder local.